Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Hunt, and I am so glad to have you listening in today. On this episode, I want to talk about living with intention. What does it mean to live with intention? What is my intention for any action, any thought, any goals? I want to talk about that as we embark upon this new year of 2018. However, I want to kick off today's episode talking about what's happening currently in our social political climate in our What's Happening Now segment. And I want to wrap things up in our Black Excellence segment and talk about the amazing, wonderful, super talented Debbie Allen. There are no friend hosts this week, so grab your tea and let's talk. Segment one, what's happening now? Hey guys, Sheena Hunt here. It has been a whirlwind of things happening since the last time I was on this podcast. Oh my God. I wouldn't even know where to begin and really don't want to recap it all because it's just way too much. So I want to talk about what's currently happening at this very moment because there's always so much stuff happening right now. We have a lot of things going on in this country and a lot of things really going on in the world that deserves to be spoken about. But there are a lot of podcasts out there and news shows and uh, a lot of mainstream media who are covering those topics. So I'm not going to dwell on all of that. Uh, you can find all of that information in your however you desire to get your news. So I want to um, start off talking about something that I have had um, just an amazing uh, experience with recently, and that is uh, Netflix's latest show, She's Gotta Have It, which is um, a revamp 
basically, of Spike Lee's movie from 1986, of She's Gotta Have It with Nola Darling. I have been watching it for the last two days, and it it is just absolutely so much fun, a great show. I really like how there is uh, so much character development in it. And we get to see Nola Darling as this 20-something-year-old artist who is really trying to figure out who she is as a liberated Black woman and be free within herself sexually. There are so many different things that are that's covered in this show. And I, I like that it it really is looking at um, the 20s, uh, living in the years of your 20s through the eyes of a young black millennial woman and being able to see how she has to navigate it. And I really like that. Um, one of the things that was fascinating is it is set in Brooklyn, as most of Spike Lee's movies are set in uh, a New York City borough, usually Brooklyn. And um, he he really taps into something that is happening, not just in New York City, but across the country, and that's gentrification. And we see this happening in Nola's neighborhood and where we are seeing uh, more couples and white people moving into this predominantly black neighborhood, this historically black neighborhood, and really pushing out those who have grew up there. We see that um, the impact of that on the different people within the community. We see the uh, the struggle that even Nola has in paying her own rent and her landlord uh, reminding her that she can easily give Nola's a place to a white couple who would pay four times as much as Nola is currently paying. I think that that light being shed on gentrification and how it truly impacts the black community is very important because we don't get to see that uh, too often in shows. We saw that in Insecure in this uh, second season that just ended a few months ago where we saw uh, Issa having to move from her apartment because of gentrification and rising rent prices. And now we are starting, we are seeing how that also is impacted in New York City, which has been going through gentrification for quite some time now. So I thought it was very fascinating. One thing that they did when they, they talked about in this movie is, or in the show, is how people, when when the cities are going through or these neighborhoods are going through gentrification, we see that the new people who are moving in, usually these younger white couples, uh, usually begin to rebrand the neighborhood. They try to give it a new name and a new identity. And that's a way of erasing that which was put into place by the people who've lived there for generations, right? That's stripping away the identity that already existed for that neighborhood. And we see that and um, them renaming cities like Harlem into a NOHA or something like that, uh, North Harlem, to be short for North Harlem, and and just really stripping away what it is. You know, when you have a city like uh, a borough, excuse me, like Harlem, Harlem has a lot of history, especially within the black community. When we think black renaissance, it really came from the, the Harlem Renaissance and all of the arts that was born out of that time period in Harlem, the great the great creatives that we got to meet um, nationally out of that air. It was born of Harlem and what Harlem produced. And it's important to not strip away or take away those things that exist within a community. 
And we are seeing that happening in these cities as they become more gentrified. Um, recently, there was an article that, or excuse me, actually it was a tweet. I don't even know if it became an article yet, where a coffee shop in Denver, Colorado, had put up a, um, a sign in front of their uh, door to their coffee house. And it said gentrifying Uh, this neighborhood since 2014 or something like that. And of course, as it should have, Twitter erupted and really the black community erupted because the neighborhood they were gentrifying was a predominantly black neighborhood. And I saw one person, Joy Ann Reed um, from MSNBC, who says she grew up near that area, say that it was like the Harlem of Colorado, because of what it also um, produced many years ago for the black community to see them glorify the fact that they're gentrifying a community and not understand what that's doing to the people who come from that community, who it's pushing them out of their neighborhoods, out of their homes. Um, It's caused them to some people to become homeless, to lose what they have. It's forcing them into neighborhoods that they did not desire to be in. It's disrupting their entire lives just so other people can have what they want to have in this place that is not new to anybody but them. So I thought that was fascinating, especially when seeing uh, this conversation about gentrification in uh, She's Gotta Have It um, throughout the episodes. It's a really great show. Another thing it talks about that is really poignant in the here and now is it talks about um, rape culture, really, and sexual harassment and sexual assault that um, we are that we experience as women. Um, it touches on it not from the standpoint of an actual rape, thankfully. In the original Spike Lee movie, it ended with Nola Darling being raped by one of the guys she was sleeping with. Um, thankfully, they decided to not do a rape in this in this uh, show, but instead, it really talked about uh, the catcalling. And how catcalling really is a form of an assault into women and how there are times when men uh, and even women, whoever is doing the catcalling, feel that they have a right to the female body. Um, In this, we see Nola getting grabbed because she ignored a man and told him she was not interested and he grabs her by the wrist and uh, assaults her. We these things happen. These things happen to black women. Uh, So many of us have been assaulted in one way or another uh, when we have turned people down or, hey, just walking by someone and they just they thinking they have a right to your body in this climate of. I guess we can call it almost like the uh, Harvey Weinstein era where we are seeing so many people come forward and talk about their assault, sexual assault, uh, sexual rapes that have happened to them. We are seeing just how pervasive this is in our culture and how this is something that definitely needs to be addressed as to where does it stem from and how do we cut this thing off at the source? We've allowed it to fester for many, many years with so many of us uh, recognizing that even even if we spoke up and spoke out, nothing would probably happen. 
to those who are uh, abusers or assaulters. And so we have lost an opportunity in the past to address this so that we aren't seeing it at the level we're seeing it now. Um, and I think it's a great thing that we are seeing so many people come out and speak out about sexual assault that they have um, undergone and who the perpetrators are. And I really think that the next step is to look at what is the cause, what is the root cause, where does it all stem from, and how do we make changes there? How do we begin to look at how we raise young men and young women so that they understand that they don't have a right to anyone else's body, that their body is the only thing they have a right to, and that they should be have dominion over their bodies and their bodies alone and should not feel themselves um to be warranted to touch, grab, hurt, or harm another human being in any way, shape, or form. We we need to teach um, that power is not derived through assault. That that is a sign of weakness for someone to assault another person is that that person to be weak, the assaulter that is to be weak, and that that's not a a power move. That's a sign of true weakness. We need to make sure that we are uh, talking about these things in a new way. And looking for opportunities to address it and make changes within our society and within our culture so that we are not continuing this cycle, this perpetual cycle that it seems have been never ending for generations. Uh, It's something that definitely needs to be addressed. So it's nice that there is light being shed on it by so many people now feeling empowered to come out and speak out. But we also need to say what's next and do what's next. Um, Take that next step and make the necessary changes that need to be made as a community and as a culture, as a society. It will be greatly impactful and it to protect the next generation. So that was something else that really stuck out to me in uh, Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It series on Netflix. There are some really cool things in here. Um, if you have not watched yet, it came out on Thanksgiving Day. It's only 10 episodes, about 30 minutes episode. Make sure you check it out. It's a really, it's a really nice show. I like how Spike Lee did it. Of course, he has floating people. He always does. Um, he also has what I thought was really cool. Uh, when after a song plays, he show they show a, an image of the actual album cover, and I think that's really cool. So you know what you're listening to. A lot of the songs I already know recognize because some of them are like '90s music, early 2000s music stuff that I know. But there are some songs that I did not know and there are artists that I did not know um, or I did not know who was singing the song so it was really cool it was a way to kind of bring you into the fullness of the art of this show Uh, one thing that I also noticed in it is that it really is the embodiment of, of art completely because we're not just seeing acting which is one form of art we're seeing paintings which is another form of art we saw sculpturing another art we see um we hear the music and we live through that music in it and then there are moments in it that feels more theatrical the cinematic which is just absolutely astounding i think that how he is really speaking to the 
beauty of art is amazing and uh, one of the things that I would like most about the show. So if you have not watched it, I highly recommend checking out. She's got to have it and let me know how you feel about it. Uh, comment, send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. I love to hear what you got to say about it because I thought it was pretty good, actually. So that's my spiel on She's Gotta Have It. Also, um, in the news, in the media, I can just, I try not to talk about Trump. I really, really do because he really gets under my skin. He just does a lot of very dumb things. Um, He picks fights with everybody and everything, but there is something that fascinates me and disgusts me at the exact same time. It's his desire to pick fights with black people. He loves to pick fights with black people and people of color in general. He thrives off of it. He feeds his base just from attacking black people and brown people on social media. It feeds into that racist trope that he is full of, is the full embodiment of who he is and who a lot of his supporters are. It's very disgusting. I don't think a lot of people even realize how racist they are. Um, his latest attack is LeVar Ball, who is... Uh, He's kind of the, the the patriarch of the baller, big baller brand. Uh, he has a son who currently plays in the NBA, Lonzo Ball, and he has a son who is currently playing college ball at UCLA. There's a bit of an incident where um, the college-aged ball was um, caught stealing from a local store in China. And uh, him and a couple of the players, they were arrested. Um, and a few hours, uh, a little while later, they were released. And Trump obviously took credit for that release and um, decided to pick a fight with first the ballers, the ball players, and the ball players uh, thanked him for whatever he did. I don't know. But um, LeVar Ball decided not to thank him and he said he didn't see the point because he feared Trump didn't do anything which is probably the truth and uh, of course that's when Trump decided to attack him on Twitter because that's his favorite place to attack people and so a nice little feud began and it's very disgusting uh, last time I had an episode in the last episode I believe I talked about a Jamel Hill and her being attacked by Trump we've had um, the the family of uh of a an, a military um officer who was killed in action also attacked. We saw a congresswoman attacked by Trump, so we keep seeing these black people attacked by him. And a, actually, uh, someone pointed out on Twitter that he likes to attack black people. And it's his way of feeding the base. And Trump, Donald Trump, actually uh, responded to that tweet with a make America great again. So it kind of just said exactly what he needed to be said, that he sees America as white. And that's the only way he sees America. And he's definitely feeding racism to his base because he knows that's what riles them up. That's the one thing that they really, really hate is anyone who is not white. 
it bothers them because they feel that things are being taken away from them by people who don't look like them. It's absolutely despicable and disgusting and it's ignorant. And well, Trump's ignorant. So that's usually what we can expect from him is pure ignorance. It is racist. It's hateful that it's evil. It's disgusting and it's cowardly. I am not a fan of Trump's, as you guys already know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while. But I really thought it necessary to touch on that again, um, his attacks of black people and brown people. He was also attacking the mayor of one of the cities in Puerto Rico, who was uh, looking to uh, try to get more government aid to the country because of the hurricanes. Uh, he felt the need to attack her. He has attacked so many people uh, that don't look like him. And it's funny because there are plenty of white people who have attacked him. And he has felt no need to attack them. If it's not Hillary Clinton, he doesn't really care. So it's pretty disgusting that he has decided to attack yet another black person or person of color um, on Twitter and try to feed his disgusting little base. That's all I'm going to say about that, because I really don't want to get into that conversation. I'm trying to have a very happy episode here. With that being said... The last thing I want to talk about in the What's Happening Now segment is uh, I want to highlight um, some good things that are happening out there in in this country. Uh, we have a lot of people who are great activists and we have um, these wonderful people who are not giving up. They are not stopping and they are continuing to push and they are making their voices heard loudly. And with that, we had some amazing turnout uh, in Virginia and a few other races in the past couple of weeks and the election cycle for this year. Well, we saw a lot more more Democrats elected into office and really uh, flipping the seats of Republicans. And that has been amazing. So we have uh, a, a couple of transgendered people who have uh, who are, will be taking a seat in office. We have a black um, assistant uh, governor. Uh, we have a new black mayor in New Orleans. So we have a lot of very cool, great things happening in the Democratic uh, Party. We are finally seeing our work, our hard work from so many people, the activists, the people on the ground, the people who have become more engaged civically like me. And so many of you guys out there, I'm sure we are finally starting to see the tide turn. And I think we'll continue to see that in 2018, which are the midterm elections. And it's very important that we are out there, that we are seen, that we are heard, that we are engaged, that we are voting. If we are not registered, that we get registered. If we know people who are not registered, we help them get registered. We help them understand the voting process. We all need to be teachers at this moment, not just students, but teachers. We need to take what we know and share that with others. And we need to learn from those who know so much more than us. I learn a lot from a lot of people who are more civically engaged and who've been doing this a lot longer from organizations like ACLU, the NAACP. I learn a lot from those people from 
following those organizations. And it, it helps. It helps me to understand what I need to react to and what I don't need to react to and how to react and respond. For instance, we have right now we're waiting to see what happens at the FCC if they were overturn net neutrality, which would be a nightmare if they did. That will open up our Internet to be parsed by service providers and they're pushing and deciding to charge us for different to visit different sites um, and throttling our service, which means slowing down our service if we visit certain websites. So it could be an absolute tragedy it will strip us of innovation. It will strip us of access for people who are in our poor communities. It can greatly harm us as a nation. It can strip away the voice of so many people. And we don't need that. We are we are literally, and I don't think people understand this, we are literally on the path to an authoritarian government. Our government is being dismantled very slowly and methodically by this administration. And if we aren't careful, we will fall into an authoritarian state. We pride ourselves on our democracy. We pride ourselves on being a constitutional nation. But we are recognizing just how fragile that is right now. And we're losing sight of the fact that we don't have as much knowledge of what's happening around us as we thought we did. And as we are beginning to see more and more things pop up and happen, we are beginning to see what it means to be civically engaged and why it's necessary to be so. And so I highly encourage everybody who is listening to pay close attention. Don't lose sight of what's happening around you. Don't become immersed by it because it can be very devastating and stressful, but don't lose sight of it. Be active. Call your congresspeople. It's very easy to do. You just give them up a call. You'll get one of their aides or someone and you just tell them what you're for, what you're against, give them your information. And that's that. It's very simple. All you're asking for is you want your congressperson to vote a certain way. You want your congressperson to know you care about this particular thing and that your vote is based on it because your vote is your voice in this country. And we have to make sure we're using it. We have to use our voice and we have to use our vote. So if you are under the sound of my voice right now, get active. Segment two, self-care. Hey, so I am excited to talk about intention. (laughs) Oh my God. So I read a book recently, uh, about a few months ago, actually called The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukav. And in there, he talks about a lot of different things. One of the things he talk about is um, multi-sensory perception and how you live your life when you're living beyond the senses, right? Living beyond the five senses. But one, another thing he talks about that I really wanted to touch on today is intention and what it means to live with intention. Intention is what you expect from something. It's the desired end state. So whatever you're doing, 
you should have a desired end state in mind. That's your intention. That's what you want to see manifest. That's what you want to feel from it. That's what you want to obtain from it. And so when you live with intention, you become more decisive about what you're doing. You're more deliberate in your actions, in your thoughts, in your words, in your deeds. You are more um, <clears throat> you you pay more attention to your interactions with people. You aren't just living frivolously. You are very much so deliberate in your actions. I think it's important to explain to other people what it means to live with intention to hopefully help other people um, find out who they are and where they desire to be based on that and help them get them there. Um, one of the things that I know is aligned with my purpose is really helping people, guiding people along their journey and their path to be a sort of midwife in you and that for you in the birthing process of birthing yourself into that next space, into that next dimension, into that next place that you are to dwell in on this journey. And in doing that, it's important for people to understand why and that why is the intention. What is the intention of it all? So as we start 2018 in just a few short weeks, I decided to be more mindful of the goals I set. I don't usually do New Year's resolutions or anything like that. I usually have a mantra or something like that that I live up to for that year. And next year is live intentionally. That's what my plan is, is to be more intentional in everything I do and what I say and to ask myself, what is the intention here? What is my intention? What do I want to see manifest from this? What do I want to see come from this? It's a higher level of consciousness. Consciousness is being aware of what's around you, what's happening in the here and now. And intention is setting that consciousness in a sense. It's setting what you desire to see, what you expect to come from something and how you expect it to happen. It is the why. So when you are looking at living intentionally, it's taking a moment and thinking, being silent for a moment. When you are making a decision about something, it's not always about being impulsive and just jumping into it, but it's standing back and saying, why? Why do I want this? Why do I want to go back to college? Why do I want to marry this person? Why do I want to lose this weight? What is my intention. If my intention is to go back to college so that I can influence the lives of the younger generation through teaching, that's a really good intention. If my intention is to make more money, it still is an intention, but it's not a solid or a strong intention. It's kind of weak because you can do other things to make more money. So you want it to be specific. I don't know if you guys ever pay attention to or remember a lot of HR um, organizations have employees make their goals. They call them SMART goals. 
you have to set SMART goals. And SMART goals are goals that are sustainable, that are measurable, you know, all those good things. They all, each letter stands for something. I cannot remember them all right now. But it really is making a SMART goal and looking at what all do I desire to gain from this? What is the fullest intention of it? What is the foundation of it? What is the apex? What's that that point of where I want everything to derive from? If my whole being is to be a light in the world, that's my intention to be a light in the world. So everything I do, every action I take, my words that I use should bring forth light. There should be no darkness inside of any of it, right? There should be light. I should be manifesting and glowing light. When I walk, there should be light walking with me. That would be my intention. And when you come into a new way of thinking with intention, you find yourself living a more enlightened life, a fuller life, a more deliberate life, and you're more decisive in what you need, desire, want, and don't want. You just, you realize, I don't want to do this. And you can say no to people. Someone wants to go to an amusement park and it's difficult for you to sometimes say no to people. Well, you can realize, I don't want to do that. That's not my, I, I find no fun in this. It is my intention. I'm only going to make you happy. That's fine to do that from time to time. But if you're a person who always says yes and never says no, you need to reevaluate why that is. You need to be more intentional in what you say yes to. Because everything doesn't desire, everything doesn't deserve a yes. So when we are really walking through life, my desire is for us to be more intentional. And as we begin to bring in intention in everything, everything, every decision that we make, every thought and idea that comes to mind, you want to ask, what's my intention here? What do I plan to get from this? What do I want to come from it? What do I want this to manifest? What do I want it to birth? We need, once we begin to live like that, we begin to see ourselves living a fuller life, a life that is more aligned, in alignment with our purpose. And living a purposeful life is living a full life for real. And that's something that so many of us see as being unattainable. We can't live that life, but we can. It comes down to us taking that moment and saying, what do I want from it? What is my intention? So as we begin 2018, as I live it more intentionally, um, I hope that you guys also begin to think about what that means for you. Um, Start thinking about the decisions, the goals that you're making and asking what's my intention behind it and decide if that goal needs to be a goal, if that decision needs to be the decision that you make uh, and make the necessary changes when, when they need to happen so that you are living a more deliberate life and you're living a more intentional life. That life would be one that will fall into the vibration of what you need to live in and draw you to where you were called to be your God-given purpose. I think that is where we all need to go. So live with intention. Ask the question. Don't be afraid. Take that moment. Don't always be impulsive. Sometimes just be still and allow yourself to think on it 
make the decision? What is my intention? Segment three, Black Excellence. Oh my God. So in this segment, I am talking about an amazing woman, Debbie Allen. Debbie Allen is, my God, this woman is like one of the most brilliant, artistic, creative people in Hollywood, on Broadway, in the dance world, you name it, she's there. Debbie Allen is a force. Debbie Allen is someone who she's not just an actress, you know, we've seen her on shows like uh, A Different World. We've seen her on Grey's Anatomy. We see her in all these different roles, but we also know of her as someone who is behind the camera, who is a director. She's directed many episodes of different shows. And I don't know if you know this, but if you pay attention to the credits after some of your favorite shows, there are episodes that she have directed. So she's directed episodes of Scandal. I believe she's directed episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Um, She has directed episodes of Queen Sugar. So some of the best shows out there, Debbie has been behind the camera giving direction to the viewpoint of that show and really showing us how she sees that particular show, that scene, those characters, their interactions. And she's a phenomenal director. She is also a dance aficionado uh, with Debbie Allen Dance Academy that she has in California that teaches beautiful dance to students, uh, um, children and uh, students, I believe, of all ages. And she talks, She her school is used to teach them about the history of dance, the art of dance, different types of dance, and really to draw them in to the world of art through the power of dance. And it's also a very, very beautiful thing. I just love how um, involved she is in that. She is one of the people who get behind the World Dance Day that happens at the end of July. And she usually has some big show that she does that she streams on social media and just showing all of the people, her students um, dancing and some of her instructors doing a routine. Uh, She also is a theatrical actress. So we've seen her on Broadway. Debbie Allen is a force in the cinematic world. She is a force in the dance world. She is absolutely amazing, a great artist, a beautiful woman, someone we all can look up to and respect for the work she has put in and just the amazing beauty of her art uh, that she shares with us all the time through different channels. She is absolutely amazing. And I am so glad to highlight her for this episode's Black Excellence.
Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Hunt, and it has been an amazing ride. We've talked about a lot of good things today. I really hope that you make the move to live and be more intentionally. I hope you get active in politics and uh, become more civically engaged. And hey, while you're at it, shout out someone great in Black Excellence because we have a lot of great people in our community who are doing amazing things. And I think it's beautiful and wonderful when we highlight one another and we lift each other up. So don't be afraid to do that. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. And if you want to talk about it, find me on social media. My handle on Twitter and Instagram is at Sheena D one S H E E N A the letter D the number one Sheena D one on Instagram and Twitter you can find the beautifully complicated podcast Facebook page on Facebook it is beautifully complicated which is one word podcast. And you can find it there. We can have any more discussions you want to have about these topics that we've discussed and anything else you are interested in talking about. I am always available and love to chat with anybody about any of this stuff. Use hashtag BCPod or hashtag now living intentionally because that's what we want to do in 2018. I am so glad you guys tuned in. Have a wonderful day and make sure that your life is beautifully complicated. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.